Hi, Jim. Uh, group of youngsters coming out for baseball. Quite a few of them say they want to be pitchers. Would it matter to you as to their height and or weight? I don't think weight makes that much difference. Uh, I think, uh, you know, height would be more important because uh, I think most of your pitchers that throw harder have uh, a lot more leverage if they're taller. And uh, it just seems that when you have longer arms, uh, you can get more leverage and you can throw the ball a little bit harder. But there are have been exceptions. I know one of the hardest throwers in Oriole history was a guy named Steve Dalkowski, and he was very short, left-handed, and stocky. And uh, dig a guy like Dave McNally, who is not exceptionally tall, and he has short arms, and he's been a great pitcher, but he's not what you consider a fastball pitcher. So just because you aren't tall and lanky, like most of the people that throw hard, doesn't mean you can't be a good pitcher. Okay. Are there any particular exercises that you think might be best suited for young pitchers? Well, I think uh, there are really not that many exercises that are that really are that good for pitching. Of course, uh, you know, running is probably the most important thing to do. Uh, and I think uh, when you talk about exercise for pitching, I think throwing is the most important thing. Uh, just make sure that you build your arm up, playing catch maybe 60, 80 feet, playing catch for 20 minutes a day, and then doing your throwing on the mound. Uh, you know, the arm is like any other muscle, and if you strengthen it, uh, you lessen the chance of hurting it. And uh, I would think that actually, uh, when you talk about exercise, you would talk about lack, lack of exercises. Normally, uh, anytime you do a lot of weightlifting, you tighten the arm muscles, and uh, usually restricts your throwing motion. All right. What kind of shoes, spikes, if you will, should uh, a pitcher be wearing? They often ask that question when they see plates and things like that. Well, I think, uh, number one, you should have a pitching toe on the, the foot that uh, you push off the rubber with. Uh, if you're right-handed, your right foot, and if you're left-handed, your left foot. And I think, uh, you, you know, there are two types of shoes. The soccer shoe, which has uh, nylon or uh, kind of plastic-type cleats, and another shoe that has uh, metal cleats. And I think the metal cleats are the ones that you should pitch in because, number one, they're more durable and you get a much, much more of a better push. And uh, I just think it also when you land, probably the most important thing is where your front foot lands and if it has to be stable. And if it keeps moving around, it throws off your control. So you should get a pair of shoes. I think most importantly, the shoe should fit. Uh, this, if it's too big, your foot's going to slide. And if it's too tight, of course, you're going to get blisters and that's going to eventually hurt your feet and you're going to favor your feet and you have a great chance of hurting your arm. Okay. Is there anything that indicates that a youngster does have potential as a pitcher? Well, I think, uh, you know, the, normally I would say that most pitchers that have good velocity have a chance to become good pitchers because the fastball is something you can't teach somebody. Uh, you can improve it by strengthening your arm. And I think also uh, some kids have exceptional breaking balls. And uh, I think that you should look at a kid and see how his, not only how fast he throws the ball, but how much it moves. And if you see that he has a naturally live arm, in other words, a ball that has good velocity and he has good movement, I would say he has a good chance of uh, becoming a good pitcher. Of course, he still has to throw the ball over the plate, which is the most important thing. All right. At what age do you think that youngsters should be given pitching instruction? When should it start? Well, I think, uh, you know, as early as possible because uh, I think basically, you know, when you start out, you should uh, teach a youngster the basic things about pitching. In other words, uh, how to wind up, how to be balanced throughout his wind-up, and to keep his eye on the catcher and throw the ball over the plate. I wouldn't be worried about breaking balls or anything like that. I would just think about the basic fundamentals of pitching, um, you know, the wind-up, the following through, releasing the ball, and keeping your eye on the catcher and throwing the ball over the plate, which is, and then you go from there.
right now. Let's talk about uh, youngsters 10 through about 15 or 16. Uh, do you think that they should just try and throw overhand, Jim, or three-quarter and sidearm also? I think they should throw the natural the way that they throw. And uh, uh, if you throw overhand, throw overhand. If you throw three-quarters, I don't think that you should try to change it, uh, kid. I know we had a kid named Arnie Thorson who was probably the best pitching prospect in our organization, and they changed him from a three-quarter delivery to an overhand delivery, and he hurt his arm. Uh, you should do things the way that uh, they're most natural to you, and if you start changing things, you use different muscles, and you get different muscles sore than you're normally been used to throwing with, and I think that you create a lot of problems. All right, now, when looking for a catcher's signal, where should the feet be placed on the mound with... Uh, let's see, with no one on base. Well, if you're a right-hander, you should have your... I usually put my right foot, uh, the front part of my spikes over the rubber with my heel resting on the rubber, and, you know, looking towards home plate. And I usually have most of my weight on my right foot uh, because that's where you're going to start your wind-up. And then, of course, I take a step back with my left foot, and uh, from there I kind of push forward. And I think the biggest thing about when you're winding up is that you should try to get the biggest amount of momentum going towards home plate as you can. And if you look at the good pitchers, uh, Sandy Koufax and Nolan Ryan, they really drive towards home plate. Tom Seaver does that. They get extremely low, and they really use their legs to the best of their advantage. So the biggest thing is to kind of rock back, you know, of course, uh, with the, your right foot if you're right-handed on the rubber, your left foot if and then get as much momentum as you're going towards home plate. You know, of course, turning your hips at the same time and driving towards home plate. That's what we're going to go into in a little while. All right, where should the ball be placed and adjusted for the specific pitch that the, that the pitcher's going to throw? Well, it should be in the glove. I throw all my pitches the same way, and uh, I throw everything across the seam. I throw my curveball that way and my slider. But you should, I usually pitch out of my glove. In other words, I have the ball in my glove. I put my fingers on it in there. and. Um, I think that it hides the, uh, the the type of pitch you're going to throw. If you just do it openly, blatantly in front of the hitter, a lot of times you can adjust the ball and he can see what you're going to throw. Okay. Now let's do talk about gripping the ball. How about youngsters and uh, teaching them uh, the breaking pitches and the fastball? Should a coach uh, tell a kid, let's see if we can't get some action on that baseball by holding it the same way, or should they try and hold it differently at times? Well, there, I would suggest two ways to throw the fastball. Uh, you can hold it across the seams. In other words, when your your fingers are across the seams, or you can hold it with the seams. Uh, when you throw the well, when you hold it across the seam, the ball has a tendency to rise. When you hold the ball with the seams, the ball, if thrown down, should sink and run away from. Uh, say, if you're right-handed, will run away from a left-handed hitter. Um, it doesn't hurt your arm either way. I don't suggest twisting your arm or anything like that. But it's a situation where. I think if you hold the ball two different ways, it just allows the ball to do different things, and I think it gives the hitter something else to look at. All right, how about the breaking pitch? Well, I hold it my one way, and it's you know it's extremely hard for me to, to really explain how I do it. I just think that I hold my fastball across the seam. I turn the ball a little bit in my hand uh, when I throw a curveball, and I think the most important thing about throwing a curveball is, is the, uh, the position of your arm. In other words, you have to keep your arm up, You'll really almost get your elbow out in front, and then you have to really follow through, bringing your arm across your body and almost down to your left knee. And uh, on a curveball, the big thing you have to remember is you can't stop your arm. You have to follow through, and you have to bring your arm all the way through in front of your body, almost to the ground and on the left part of your body. All right. Um, now, how should the, uh, 
a slider be gripped? Should a kid learn to throw a slider? Well, the slider is very bad for your arm, and I know if it's not thrown properly, it's very easy to uh, hurt your uh, just hurt your arm. Uh, you know, it's a situation where uh, a slider. I throw, just hold the ball off center. I throw like I like I said. I hold my fastball across the seams. I just hold a little bit off center, and I just kind of cut the ball. In other words, uh, I take my fingers and I just kind of. Uh, just, I mean, it's just like it's not like a curveball because I don't pull down that much. I just hold it off center, and it kind of slides out. It's almost like throwing a football. But the problem is, is that it's very hard on the elbow. And at an early age, when your arms are, your muscles aren't mature, the tendency sometimes is a little bit, uh, I think, too much stress on your elbow. And I wouldn't suggest throwing it until you're at least 15, 16, 17 years of age. All right. This is what I was just going to ask you. Do you how about things like screwball, forkball, uh, and the knucklers and things like that? Do you think that 10 to 16 year olds uh, should be throwing pitches similar to that? Not really. I think you know I threw a curveball in early age, but overall, it's it's extremely hard on the arm to throw a lot of breaking pitches because your arm just isn't mature. And a lot of times, uh, you know, there are cases where some guys' arms mature at a very early age, but overall. I would say that you should wait till your arm matures till you're, you know, in Pony League, Babe Ruth League ball, which is usually 15, 16, 17 years of age. Okay. How was the changeup? Grip and throw? Well, when you throw a changeup, you should try to hold the ball as far back in your hand uh, as you can. In other words, you throw a fastball, you throw it out on your fingertips. When you throw a changeup, you hold the ball almost where it's in your palm. And by I hold it with three fingers. And when you grip a ball with three fingers instead of two, like you normally throw your fastball, it's almost impossible to throw hard, and it's the easiest way. And the biggest thing about a changeup is that it's not it, the speed of the ball is important, but really the speed of your arm is the most important thing. Uh, you're in a situation where you want the hitter to think that you're throwing a fastball, and if your arm slows down, the hitter can see the change. So I would hold the ball way back in my hand, grip it with three fingers instead of two, and just throw it normally like you're throwing a fastball. In other words, the further away from the palm of your hand that you hold the ball, um, the harder you throw. The harder you throw. The faster exactly. the pitch. Right. Great. Okay. Then let's talk about throwing that pitch. Any pitch. How does a younger, well, let's start with this. How does a youngster keep from tipping off his pitches? Well, nor, uh, he, he tries. What would you teach him? Well, number one, I would start out of my glove. I would grip the ball uh, in my glove so the hitter cannot tell that I'm changing my grip on the ball. I would make sure that I, my hands, when I go over my head and my windup, are the same height on both my curveball, fastball, slider, etc. Uh, I would say that I don't rock back as far, you know, the same amount of, on my curveball as my fastball. And I think that the biggest thing is that you have to follow through on all pitches just like you're throwing a fastball. Otherwise, the hitter does see you stop your arm. And the biggest thing is just to uh, really have somebody watch you from the sidelines and, uh, you know, you don't tell him what you're going to throw and see if he can tell you, tell you what you're throwing before the ball is really uh, not thrown because, of course, you have to throw it for him to tell. But uh, before it gets to home plate, they can pick up whether the ball is a curveball or fastball, and uh, they can help you out and let you know whether uh, you're doing something in your windup that is uh, tipping off the pitches. All right, Jim, let's get down, try and see if we can't get down to uh, basics on the windup and then throwing. Like, where do you start on that mound? Uh, what starts to move first as far as your body is concerned and going right from there? Well, of course, I, I stand on the rubber with my right foot on the rubber, and uh, most of my weight is in my right foot, and then I kind of transfer my weight to my left foot. I rock back. Uh, my left leg kind of comes across my right leg towards third base. And, you know, you have to turn your hips because your hips are very important in getting your body turned and kind of uh, getting your momentum 
really uh, almost stopped. In other words, you turn a little bit to the right, you get all your weight basically on the back of your, on your right foot, and then you kind of rock back, and then you push off your right foot and go towards home plate. And of course, uh, the more, the harder you can drive towards home plate, pushing off your right foot, the more momentum you go and you get. And I think also that uh, when you're doing this, uh, you're driving towards home plate, and it it kind of brings your whole body through, and you just don't throw with your arm. How about your shoulders now? Uh, are they squared away, or is one down further than the other? Well, you How should keep you your you could should keep your uh, opposite shoulder that you're throwing with kind of level, and that's probably the most important thing. You should drive with your opposite shoulder right towards the catcher. And if you're doing that, uh, usually your control is pretty good. Otherwise, a lot of times you'll have a tendency to, to go a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right across your body, and usually you throw the ball where your shoulder, opposite shoulder goes. So when you turn and you're coming towards home plate, you should drive your shoulder directly towards home plate and that then release the ball. Shoulder? Yes, exactly. Okay. All right, uh, now the breakdown of the fundamentals of the stretch move. Well, of course, you know, you have your right foot and right throw from uh, the front of the rubber. And, uh, you know, I hold my hands at my side or in front of me, and I take my sign uh, with my foot on the rubber, you know, or in front of the rubber, resting against it. And, of course, you know, you kind of put my arms over my head, and I bring them back down to my waist. And my, I'm very balanced. In other words, I could almost stop my hands right there, and I would, uh, you know, I don't move or anything like that. And then you bring your left leg back across almost the rubber towards third base, and you cock your hips, and then you drive off your right foot going towards home plate. And again, again, uh, it's, your right foot is the most important part because this is where you get all your action and all your momentum towards home plate. So uh, you have to kind of be balanced. When you bring your left leg across, you have to be balanced, and you drive forward with your right leg and uh, go towards home plate again with your left shoulder. When you're checking the runners, moving your head, uh, how does that take place? What don't you want to move? Well, you don't can't move your shoulders because it's a balk. And uh, what's important there is that you uh, make the runner stop on first base and just make sure that he doesn't get a running lead. What is the importance of a high kick? Uh, really, it's, it's not. I just get a lot of momentum and I get a lot of leverage. Uh, actually, it's not that good to do because it takes you longer to get rid of the ball. And when you do this, of course, the runner gets a better jump. All right, Jim, we hear a lot of coaches telling youngsters, uh, hold on to the ball a little longer or uh, release the ball sooner. Where would you teach a young pitcher to release the ball? Well, I think on... It seems that when, you're, when I'm throwing the best that... Uh, you can almost see yourself release the ball. In other words, you're throwing it right out in front of your body. In other words, you're not throwing it, uh, you know, from back back of your head. It seems that uh, right as the ball gets by your ear, your right ear, that you know you're releasing the ball, and you can almost see where you're releasing, both on the curveball and the fastball, and you have your arm out in front good. A lot of times, you know, you get your body ahead or you get your arm way out in front, but most of the time, it seems that just as the ball comes by your ear, it seems that you're releasing the ball and you can almost see it going to, to the area that you want to throw it. So it's really hard to say. I just think that a lot of times if you're throwing the ball high, uh, your arm's behind your body, and a lot of times if your arm's way out in front of your body, you seem to throw the ball low. Jim, when at that point where you're just about ready to release the ball, is your wrist bent back, or do you have the straight wrist? No, you're, uh, I kind of flop my wrist. I'm a wristy type pitcher. You kind of lay your wrist back, and then you pop your wrist, and that's where you get the good rotation on the fastball. In other words, you know, you have the ball across the seams and you kind of put backspin on it by kind of flicking your wrist. And 
most pitchers are wrist pitchers, and uh, it just makes the ball move a little bit more when you have good wrist action. All right, now you're working with youngsters again. Uh, would you ask a young pitcher to try and pitch the spots or to throw to the strike zone in general? I think when you're young, you should just try to throw the strike zone, and as you get more confidence and better control, then you can start to move the ball around. But uh, basically, I would just kind of throw the ball over the plate, and then as you get to get accomplished at doing that, uh, I think that then you should just make the changes and uh, throw the ball in the area you want to. Because uh, the most important thing is to throw the ball over the plate, and of course, if you can throw it on the inner half or the outer half when you want to, it makes pitching much easier. You've got a young pitcher on a hill. Your batter is obviously going to bunt. Uh, what would you tell your pitcher to, to throw how? Well, we try to throw the ball uh, up in the strike zone. Uh, up and in is probably the best place because the hardest ball to, to bunt on the ground is a ball up. Because uh, the easiest pitch, of course, is when the ball is down, you're kind of the batter usually is bunting the ball. And as the, as the ball is going down, like a curveball or a slider, you just kind of bunt, naturally bunt the ball on the, on the ground. And of course, that's a good bunt. But if the ball is up, it's hard to get the, the bat really uh, on top of the ball and then get the ball on the ground. So we try to throw high fastballs in a bunting situation. Would you recommend to a young pitcher to throw a waste pitch on an 0-2 count, or would you recommend that uh, he come right back in there? Well, I don't think right back in there, but I don't. we don't believe in wasting pitches. Uh, I believe in trying to make a good pitch, throw it for the outside corner or the inside corner, and so you miss by two inches, but at least uh, you know there's a possibility of being a strike. Of course, a lot of times you'll throw a ball and he will not throw it. Uh, you know, inside or outside, and you make a bad pitch. But basically, just to throw a ball on 0 and 2 is, very, is really ridiculous because it's just, like you said, a waste pitch, and I don't see there's any reason to waste any kind of pitch at all. All right, teaching a youngster again. When should a pitcher back up a base? Well, anytime he thinks there's going to be a play there, or even if, uh, like, you know, if there's a, on any ball hit to the right side of the infield, in other words, the first base or second base, you should kind of cover first base. It's automatic. We do it so much in spring training. And when there's a runner on first and there's a single to any of the fields, of course, you kind of, you kind of come behind third base. And on a double, you're over towards uh, over towards third base also. And on a single with a man on second, you come behind home plate. And in a situation where there's a man on first and second and there's a ball that's going to be a, a, a single or double, you kind of come in between uh, third and home, so you can either go either place. But it's a good idea because you never really know what's going to happen. Uh, an outfielder might bobble the ball. and. Uh, it's good to be way behind the base because then uh, you can come up on the ball where if you're right behind it, a lot of times you can't go back that quick if the ball is thrown hard. Should a pitcher attempt to catch top flies in the infield? I would say no most of the time. Only if uh, nobody can else can get to the ball. Of course, there have been situations where the, it's a ball hit on the end of the batter on the fist and the ball is hit right to you and you have to uh, catch the ball because nobody else can get to it. But Normally, of course, in the major leagues, you have very competent infielders where they can take most of the flies. I think the only time is that the pitcher should go to the area and call the other uh, infielder's uh, name so he can, you know, catch the ball. But most of the time, you let them catch it only if there's some kind of freak accident where one of them would trip or they can't get to the ball with the pitcher or attempt to catch it. Should a young arm be rubbed down? Well, I don't really think that's necessary. The biggest thing, I think, taking care of an arm is, number one, throwing. Uh, stretching your arm out, you know, throwing gradually first, and then, you know, maybe and uh, increasing the, the velocity. And the biggest thing is that uh, I think that you should keep your arm warm. In other words, after you throw, whether you're a pitcher, you should always keep your muscles warm, whether it's leg muscles or whatever. Uh, so when when a pitcher, even if he's young, is throwing, he ought to put a little white jacket on or a windbreaker or something like that to keep his arm 
warm because then it creates a situation where the muscle won't get cold. But I don't really think rub downs are necessary. I very, get very few of them. I just keep my arm as limber as I can by doing stretching exercises, uh, hanging from a dugout or something like that <laughs> with my feet on the ground just stretching it because it, it seems to uh, elongate the muscles. And when your muscles are elongated, you don't seem to, uh, they don't seem to tighten up as much. All right. We've talked about the technical part of the game. Uh, you're talking to a lot of young pitchers. They're listening to you. Uh, what advice, other than the technical fundamentals of the game, would you give the youngsters who are pitching now? Well, I think the most important thing, of course, is number one, you have to be in excellent condition. Uh, you know, the better condition you are, the better you're going to be, the pitcher you're going to be. And I think number two, probably the most important thing about pitching is concentration. If you don't concentrate, if you don't concentrate on the catcher, if you're not just concentrating on the game, it becomes a very hard thing to do. And uh, it seems that on the better games I pitch, it's almost that I have a just like a funnel between home plate and the pitcher's mound. And when I'm, things aren't going too well, you know, you, you hear things that are going on in the stands. You're not really uh, extremely alert. And the biggest thing in pitching is concentration. And when you know the hitters and you're really concentrating on the game, it, it's much easier. So I would say that you always have to be in the right frame of mind. And when you know you're in the proper condition, uh, you should never be tired, and a lot of times people go out there and just say, well, especially early in my career, I'd say, I, I don't feel that good tonight. And there was really no reason to feel that way because I knew my legs were in good shape, and if your legs are in good shape, you ought to be in uh, the, the proper frame of mind to pitch. Jim Palmer, we want to thank you very, very much.